When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Helping our neighbors in need. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, it sure does not look like we've got much in the way of snowfall coming our way this week. I'm Pam Yonke. Glad to have you along on a Tuesday morning. Today, more clouds than sun, which is just a little depressing, but our temperature is still very manageable. 33 are expected high. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy. We'll bounce up to 36. By the time we get to Thursday, there is a sliver of a chance we could see some snow-rain mixture, depending on where you are. 35 are expected high. Friday, we cool down to 31, and Saturday, as we welcome in the L.A. Rams up at Lambeau Field, sure looks like the tundra is going to be frozen. Daytime highs on Saturday, not much better than 28 degrees. So how are you doing this morning? You need a little something to put a smile on your face? Well, how about taking a look at the 2021 Farm Dog of the Year? Of course, the American Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting is online this year, and yesterday, they introduced us to an important four-legged friend that's part of a family out in New York State. The winner of the 2021 Farm Bureau Farm Dog of the Year is an Australian shepherd named Bindi that's owned by New York Farm Bureau member Sonia Galley. They have uh, got all kinds of pictures up of Bindi in action on the farm and also all the runners up that uh, received not only cash prizes but also uh, some special trophies and dog food, as you can imagine. Uh, it's kind of funny that uh, Sonia, the owner of Bindi, said that she's a very protective girl, which was a good thing because Bindi pushed back a heifer, basically a young cow, that had pinned Sonia in the corner of a pen uh, back in 2020. And she says that's why uh, she is an exceptional farm dog. I know we all think our farm dogs are exceptional, don't you? Well, like I said, if you want to check that out, you can find more at FB. Dot org. They'll continue their virtual online American Farm Bureau Federation convention later today. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select John Deere equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. Twenty twenty one, what's ahead for a lot of industries involved in agriculture, ethanol being one of those. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn with ethanol plants all over the state. New uh, director at the EPA, administrator now in the Biden administration coming on. What does that mean for small refinery waivers? Just so many questions to ask hopefully with good answers. And Caitlin, you did have a chance to get some of those answers recently. That's right, Bob. From the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse, I'm Caitlin Riley, and I had the chance to talk with Brian Jennings. He's the CEO for the American Coalition for Ethanol. And like you said, we have a lot of changes going forward with a new administration, and ethanol is hopeful for what this could mean with those renewable fuel standards. They're hoping to see fewer of those waivers coming out. But I also had the chance to talk with Brian a lot about the domestic demand of ethanol. Of course, that dropped significantly this year because of COVID-19, and he also explains ethanol's important role in the international market. 
We really do see a significant volume of U.S. ethanol used around the world. In a good year, we export uh, well in excess of a billion gallons to somewhere between 50 and 60 countries around the world. In fact, our largest export destinations are generally Canada and Brazil. We're really developing and and looking forward to an emerging market, which would have been a game changer in China as well. And we've obviously got some issues there with uh, trade wars and the retaliatory tariffs that have now been imposed on U.S. ethanol make it effectively prohibitive to send ethanol to China. But, you know, we're hoping that we can find some resolution to that. The export markets have been critically important to our industry at a time when, you know, we've we've seen domestic demand sort of artificially constrained. So yeah, those export markets have been really important. And just out of my curiosity, and maybe you guys don't have the research for this, but do you know what the consumer perception of ethanol in those nations is versus the U.S. where people still have a lot of questions, they're still learning, it seems like? You know, that's a great question that I, I don't have the answer to on the consumer side. We don't have research on that. What I, what I can tell you about why those countries have demand for ethanol is that they are looking for ways to address air pollution. Maybe that's through the tailpipe. They want to reduce the pollutants that are coming out of motor vehicles Other countries are looking at it more from a sort of overall greenhouse gas standpoint, and they understand the life cycle science that if you blend renewable fuels like ethanol with petroleum, you you reduce greenhouse gas emissions from a climate perspective. So that's been another reason why ethanol has been in demand. And then a final reason that ethanol has been in demand around the world is from an octane standpoint. Ethanol is one of the best ways, one of the cleanest ways, one of the most um, cost-effective ways to boost the octane of gasoline or of motor fuel. Um, And octane, of course, helps our engines run more efficiently, and it prevents engines from knocking. And so a a lot of the demand that we've seen for ethanol around the world is from an octane-boosting standpoint. Looking back within our nation's borders, we will have a new administration in 2021. Any foreseeable changes, advantages, or disadvantages for the ethanol industry? Yeah, I think with the incoming Biden administration, we are expecting that there will be a pivot toward promoting various forms of energy and sources of fuel that do have a proven record of reducing gas emissions. There are concerns among among some that that means more electric vehicles under a Biden administration per potentially eroding market share for ethanol. However, we have a very positive story to tell when it comes to how corn ethanol reduces greenhouse gas emissions by about 50% compared to gasoline. And given some of the investments that producers are making And some of the changes farmers are making with with no-till, for example, when you count that into the life cycle carbon footprint, corn ethanol can and will be reducing greenhouse gases by 60 or 70% compared to petroleum. And so I think as long as we are able to go on offense and position ourselves as part of the 
climate solution that we could, um, you know, bode very well under a new administration and some new policies that they might contemplate related to greenhouse gases. And what about the co-products of ethanol as well? I know that it's not the main part of this production process, but I'm assuming it's a good part that's helping the industry. Are we still seeing viable markets for those co-products? Are we still seeing clear pathways for them? Yeah, the the various co-products of ethanol over the years have in many ways been what has kept ethanol producers profitable. And the first co-product that we often think about, of course, is the, is the distiller's grains, the, the nutrients, the fats, the proteins that are still left in the corn kernel, not used to distill ethanol that we provide to various livestock species um, in terms of, of feed. And what we've seen ethanol producers do is just get better and better at cranking out a consistent distiller's grain product and investing in technologies that increase the protein content of that product and make it more valuable in the marketplace, both here and and around the world. And so that's been really encouraging, and we see that continue. Of course, this year, when we saw demand fall for transportation fuel, we saw demand really pick up and continue to be strong for disinfectants and for sanitizers and not all ethanol producers, but many ethanol producers can make the investment and pivot to produce at least part of their productive capacity to to produce that higher grade alcohol that goes into those industrial markets, those disinfectant markets and those sanitizer markets. And so the volume maybe is not as big as what we would like at this point in time compared to fuel ethanol, but the value of that product has been enormous. And so producers that have been able to participate in that have benefited. And then finally, I'd say one of the overlooked co-products from the ethanol production process is fermented carbon dioxide, which is depended upon by the food manufacturing industry and the beverage industry. And they saw some concerns, of course, when our production capacity really went offline during the March and April timeframe when the pandemic first hit but we have seen that you know production has come back online and and those customers have i think placed more value behind the the reliable supply of fermented co2 that we provide and are you seeing from stations themselves more requests asking for more information about ethanol and how they can implement it at the various fuel pumps across the nation yeah we really are seeing growing interest among gas stations and convenience stores of all shapes and sizes. The single store, the Ma and Pa single store out there, um, all the way to those very large national chains that that folks are sort of familiar with. Growing interest in offering E15, growing interest in offering E85. I think part of that is credited to the recent USDA program Um, that provided infrastructure cost share assistance to those retail stations to install equipment to sell E15 and E85. But it's also something that we've always emphasized, which is just working with those businesses that are part of our supply chain and making sure that the questions they have about selling E15 and E85 to their customers are answered and, and we can address any concerns that they have as well. 
Once again, that's Brian Jennings. He's the chief executive officer for the American Coalition for Ethanol, giving us a look at ethanol demands both domestically and internationally. From the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse, I'm Kitten Riley. What weather is in store for the Midwest today? Stay tuned as ag meteorologist Stu Muck gives you the latest forecast in just moments, right here on the Midwest Farm Report. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin-tight procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines, as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler, like Restylane Lift, is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Sure she'll stop farming when pigs fly. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All right, fairly manageable out there this morning as far as weather's concerned. Let's uh, catch up with our friend Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. So uh, coming up this morning, I'm uh, doing a story with uh, a gal out in New York State uh, that has Bindi, the Australian shepherd that was named the 2021 Farm Dog of the Year by the American Farm Bureau Federation yesterday. It You know, normally, I mean, I, I see the press release and that kind of stuff, but didn't don't normally pay a lot of attention to it because usually there's not a dog from Wisconsin. But this one, Stu, is on a dairy farm in uh, upstate New York, so that caught my attention. Pretty cool dog. Do you remember dogs that you grew up with? Because I'm guessing you're just like me. There was always a dog around. Oh, there was always a dog around. I think the best one, we had a basset hound actually on the farm. <laughs> that must have been interesting. He was a fun old dog. He, he Boy, he had his schedule, and you better not mess with it. Oh, yeah? No kidding? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the fun stuff. I, I, I Like I said, our whole family has always been about the dogs, and 
I was kind of teasing, you know, half the time all you're doing is tripping over them or cussing at them to get out of your way or uh, that kind of thing. But then every once in a while you hear the stories and we'll share one coming up about uh, the Bindi dog that, honest to God, it did, uh, it pretty much saved uh, the owner's lives. But I don't want to ruin it. We'll, we'll wait for that one. So let's talk a little bit about what's coming our way weather-wise then. Uh, like I said, I can tell anytime somebody here in the building opens the door to come into the building because it's like all of a sudden that cold air seeps in. But so far, it's dry cold air. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. And I, I thought about it yesterday. It's like, boy, it seems cold. You know, maybe it's not so much that it's cold, but there's a lot of moisture out there. So it might be what uh, our folks would have called raw. It just feels that way all of a sudden because temps are still going to be on the above normal side. And today, the better chance of any we've seen for a little sunshine. Well, the further west in Wisconsin you are, the better chance there'll be for sunshine. And the closer you get toward Lake Michigan, the more likely it's going to stay a little more cloudy today. But beyond that, not bad at all. Way above normal temps today and tomorrow. Oh, I know we've talked about precipitation. Looks to me like low pressure will travel east in Canada, up in the Prairie Provinces, extending a little weak warm front our way and then a cool front. That's why as we head toward, oh, really late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, if you will, and into Thursday, there could be a little mix of light precipitation. If snow were to accumulate anywhere, I'd say that uh, La Crosse, Moss, and Oshkosh line could see maybe an inch or just a little more of snow, maybe a brief period of some freezing precipitation in there. But the only biggest factor I think we have to watch is it will get colder, a lot closer to normal as we head toward early next week. I'll have forecast details right after this. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compure Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges. And our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compure.com. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. NMLS number 619731. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All righty, Stu, let's talk about the weather. You know, one phrase you haven't used a lot, at least not this week, wind chill. Uh, 
you could factor it in there, but it hasn't been drastic. How about that? Uh, let's look for some sun today. More in the west, less in the east. A little fog, especially central parts of Wisconsin this morning. But let's look for near mid-30s today with the west winds only about 5 to 10. Though it does become mostly cloudy through the night in the mid-20s. That's about normal. in the southwest winds at 5 to 10. More clouds Wednesday, but still a fine day. Upper 30s. Lacrosse could see a 40 tomorrow. Southwest winds about 5 to 10, but then that chance of a little rain, freezing rain, more likely light snow in the day Thursday. Mid-30s on Thursday with the snow, a little light snow, and more likely very low 30s on Friday, Pam. But like I've said, maybe an inch or a little more here or there. It's just not a big storm system. Well, we'll wait. It'll get here. Thanks to appreciate it. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with those weather details that you're looking for. Don't forget, market details coming your way with John Heinberg from Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Who better to taste test your dirt than a worm? <coughs> Tastes like grit. Say what? Grit. I said grit. At Kalani Topsoil, you'll always find the perfect blend. Our soils are mixed specifically for your lawn, garden, or landscape application. You'll love it without having to taste it yourself. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. Need to schedule plumbing, HVAC, or electrical service, but are too busy to call during the day? The Dave Jones team makes scheduling convenient. Just text them and get connected directly to their service team. Send them a text at the same number you'd call, and Dave Jones will promptly get you on the schedule. After all, Dave Jones is your trusted service partner. DaveJonesInc.com No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. We don't offer greasy handshakes or kiss babies on the forehead to get your vote. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We hope you elect Tom's Auto Center for our overall genuine knowledge of complete auto repair. We really do want to make your car great again. Stay safe, drive safe. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy and they would all live happily ever after. 
Daniels is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. At Clifford and Rihala, we have the experience you need to help you after any kind of collision. We help people who have been seriously injured, ranging from pedestrians hit crossing the street, people rear-ended by semi-trucks, to victims of drunk driver crashes. No matter how you've been injured, our experienced and skilled attorneys will help you get your maximum recovery. And very importantly, we also know how to protect that recovery. At Clifford and Rihala, we understand that many issues can come up after a settlement is reached If those issues aren't handled carefully, an injury victim can lose money. Don't let that happen to you. Call Clifford and Rihala. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. ADHD. It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated and it can last a lifetime. Living with a condition can sometimes be a challenge. It may take years to accept a formal diagnosis, and it's not always easy to find the right treatment plan. Did you know that up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental health condition that also requires a comprehensive approach to treatment? ADHD guidelines were recently updated to reflect the need to screen for associated disorders. Be sure to talk with your child's doctor about proper screening and visit moretoadhd.com for additional information. That's moretoadhd.com. This message has been brought to you in partnership with Ada, ACO, and Chad. Yeah, Leroy Butler joining us right now. Let me ask you, man, the Rams are set now, coming to Lambeau Field. Yeah, What's yeah. it like in playoff football and the frozen tundra? Is there just like that mystique to it? What's it feel like as a player? Now, I'll tell you this. I've always had a conversation with players when they drive up to the stadium, and this is goes back to the 90s. And when we changed the stadium, you know, when they did some, you know, they were thinking about actually moving it, but people said, no, nah, we'll keep it here, and they kind of built around it. And players said, I know we don't have fans and we're in a pandemic. I, I, I really do. I, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But when players enter that parking lot on your bus, you can feel the Bart stars of the world. And you can feel back in the 90s, we were like 48 and 5 at that particular stadium. And you also know that Aaron Rodgers never had home field throughout when he was the starting quarterback. Those four times were on the road. It is an advantage, not to mention, you know, traveling and stuff like that, but the weather. But that stadium is one of the most historical stadiums, and people know about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, let me ask you, man, because it's, you know, you are the inventor of the Lambo Leap. I mean, hence the Leap Premium Vodka. Yeah, I mean, come on. So, I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? <laughs> when you see no fans in the stands and Packers still doing the Lambo Leap, does it break your heart a little bit? It does, especially when A.J. Dillon jumped up there and he almost hurt himself because those were the fans help you. The reason why it's the best celebration ever, in my opinion, because it has to do with the fans. 
Now, they will have a few thousand, maybe or maybe a little bit less of fans, healthcare workers, yeah. frontline workers, first responders there. But it's nothing like 80,000 people there. And when you score and you drop the football and they know it's coming, that's amazing. Yeah. So I think Aaron Jones was actually the first one when he first scored in 2020. He kind of jumped up there to see what it was like. <laughs> and it's just different without the fans. The fans are amazing, especially for this franchise. Hey, uh, Leroy, are you a beer drinker by chance? No, no. Well, when you jumped up into the into the stands, did, <laughs> did fans pour over some beer on you there, brother? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember after I did that, I went to the sideline. That's a good question. And I remember Brett, running, if you sit on YouTube, you'll see Brett run out there and we start doing this weird dance. He abruptly turns and run away. He said, oh, man, you smell like beer. I said, yeah, this guy spilled the beer on me. It was all frozen down in my shoulder pads. It was, a, <laughs> it was hilarious because, you know, you can imagine people didn't know what to expect. Right. So you're thinking, uh-oh. So here's a guy running towards him. What is he about to do? So people didn't have time to throw away those slushy beers they waited, you know, inside for 20 minutes in line to pick up. That's funny. Yeah, so we had Amon Green on a couple of times, and Amon would talk about how he wasn't a beer drinker either, but he'd jump in, and then he'd say, that beer just tasted a little <laughs> it tasted a little sweeter. It's knowing you scored that touchdown, my man. Yeah, Jordan Nelson had one that you could see a guy had some nachos. And the guy just threw the nachos and the beer up in the air, and Jordy jumped up there. And you could see the guy's face. He was excited, but when he noticed, um, where's my beer and nachos, his face changed. It's hilarious. Hey, man, before I let you go, I want to talk a little bit about how you're in that, you know, the finalist for the Hall of Fame. But first, you got the Rams coming into Titletown. What do you think about this matchup for uh, the Packers Saturday at 335? It's another common opponent. If you're thinking about common, I'm talking about Matt LaFleur. It's a team he's very familiar with. They run the same offense. He knows McVeigh. I mean, that was the same thing that the um, the things that, that was parallel with San Francisco. He knew those guys. So it's another opponent they know a lot about. I don't know if Jared Goff is going to be able to play. Aaron Donald and uh, Cooper Cup may play, but at the meantime, I mean, the Packers are so healthy right now, and they have they're on a mission. Yeah, to win two games to get to the Super Bowl. Is this the year? Can you feel it? Oh yeah, no question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's some full disclosure, Packer fans, we think that every year. But put that to the side. You got the MVP quarterback. You got seven Pro Bowlers. You got you know four All Pros. You have everything you need. I mean, and I love the fact that you know Matt Lafleur has his team focused on first not getting COVID, second <laughs> getting to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. All right, Leap, before I let you go, my man, we appreciate your time for you calling in and talking about, you know, your vodka that uh, debuted today. We're going to go out to all the stores we can find it in, like Woodman's over here. We're going to go buy it. We're going to go have ourselves some Leap Premium Vodka. But, dude, are you going to be drinking a lot of Leap Premium Vodka once they shoo you into that Hall of Fame, my man? I tell you what, if I get in, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because <laughs> you never know. I, I got a feeling my friends will. <laughs> I got a feeling when you have a friend and you have a vodka, you're probably – uh, consume your own product and you won't make any money. So my friends got they got to celebrate, but they got to wait till I get in first. Spreading farm information and occasionally manure. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Cloudy skies again today. It looks like daytime highs right around 33 degrees. Clouds tomorrow and 36. Maybe a little rain-snow mix coming our way on Thursday. Daytime highs that day around 35 degrees. I'm Pam Yonke. Now from Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So it's the 12th day of January. 
on this day back in 1969, Led Zeppelin actually released their debut album. How about that? On this day back in 1957, Howard Hughes, the multimillionaire billionaire, married his second wife, Jean Peters. And on this day back in 1967, a scientist named James Bedford was frozen. He was the first person to be cryogenically preserved. That was on this day back in 1967. I looked it up this morning, and believe it or not, his body is still being saved in basically liquid nitrogen down in Arizona. And uh, they say that just take a look at the body condition. They say that it's been kept below zero since his death. Now, what are the odds that they're going to be able to resuscitate him? Well, that's anybody's guess. But somebody spent an awful lot of money, an awful lot of time keeping James Bedford preserved, even to this day. And now you know. We've got John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, joining us in just a little bit. Today's the big day for the World Ag Supply Demand Report. We'll be uh, talking with uh, John about what he sees playing out there. The American Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting is still being held in 2021, but it's all online. I sat in on a couple sessions yesterday. Last night, they presented their 2021 Farm Dog of the Year. Now, this is the third year that Farm Bureau members from across the United States have submitted their four-legged friends as an example of what a farm dog should be. This year's Farm Dog of the Year is a dairy farm dog. It's an Australian shepherd named Bindi that helps her owner, Sonia Galley, work her dairy cattle in upstate New York. And I thought you might enjoy learning a little bit more about the 2021 Farm Dog of the Year, Bindi. I think we have a, a friendship, really. We do a lot of things together, and she's a big source of joy in my life and certainly has taught me to be grateful and have an attitude of gratitude with a lot of things. I think Bindi excels at the farm dog work because she has an intense loyalty to me. I don't have to ask her to come with me. I know that she's always there. On the farm, she works cows. For us, that could look like moving a cow from inside to outside the barn. We'll go out on pasture and make sure everybody's okay. If there's somebody that needs to come in, she can help gather them up and bring them down. When I'm feeding the cows on pasture, she drives them away from the feed trough so that they're not crowding me when I'm going to feed grain. The cows weigh 1,200, 1,500 pounds, and we've got a group of 30 of those that are antsy to get their grain. By having the dog there to enforce some rules, it keeps me a lot safer, and I can work a lot more independently. I mean, I couldn't do what I do on a daily basis without having her there. It helps us work efficiently, but it also keeps me safe. It's 
So last spring, I went into a pen to sort heifers out, and when I came around a corner, I felt something bump me in the back and turned, and a heifer was charging me. Before I could really react, she had me pinned to the ground, and being against the headlocks, I couldn't just crawl out. Nobody else was around. I knew the dogs were there, but I didn't know exactly where, so I started calling Bindi's name. A few seconds later, I saw her feet trotting around the outside of the pen. You don't train for the contingency that, okay, now I'm laying on the ground and I can't show her exactly where I need her to go. And so then I gave her her cue to push the animals around to the backside of the freestall as if we were going to clean the barn. She did it perfectly. She started pushing him around, the heifer let off, and I got out of there before she could come at me again. The dog was the only thing I had there, you know, to give me a chance to get out safely. She's more than just a tool on the farm. Bindi's work goes beyond the farm. At the end of the day, Bindi is almost my constant companion. Her joy and quirkiness and craziness, I couldn't imagine that not being there. There's a saying, having considered all the options, choose joy. And she helps me do that. Bindi, the Australian Shepherd from New York State, named the 2021 Farm Dog of the Year at the American Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting all online for Bindi's efforts. $5,000 in prize money, a trophy plate, plus a year's supply of dog food and other Purina products for Bindi. They have other farm dogs that have been recognized as well. Four regional runners-up get $1,000 cash plus additional goodies from Purina. If you want to see the dogs or review that story of Bindi and how she helped her owner, Sona, Sonia Galley, escape uh, physical injury, you can do that. FB.org. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, joining us in just a moment. Markets are gaining back some of the ground we lost yesterday in front of this morning's World Ag Supply Demand Report out at 11 a.m. Central Time. Right now, March corn's up about two at 494. December corn's up a penny at 442. Currently, we've got January beans unchanged at 1374. March beans are actually up nine at 1381. And November new crop beans currently six cents higher at 1161. July wheat this morning. That's currently up almost eight cents at six thirty-six a bushel. Dairy-wise, barrel cheese was unchanged yesterday at one sixty-five and a quarter. Forty-pound block cheese that was up four and a half at one ninety-six and a quarter. While double A butter dropped seven on Monday to a dollar thirty-one per pound. Currently, fluid milk for January is down two at sixteen fifty-three a hundredweight. February milk down three at nineteen forty. The March milk currently that's uh, down a nickel at. 1905 a You know, one item that folks are going to be paying attention to today when it comes to the World Ag Supply Demand Report is expectations on moisture, specifically 
in South America. You know, it's not just South America that's thinking about the weather. We are here in the upper Midwest as well. I don't know about you, but there's not as much snow around Wisconsin as we've come to enjoy at this stage in the game. And December was actually dry as well. That's uh, according to Ryan Martin. He's an ag meteorologist out of Indiana that keeps an eye on weather patterns all across the United States and its potential impact on agriculture. And he says, if you take a look at the upper Midwest and eastern Corn Belt, we're still pretty dry and it looks like it's going to stay that way. Temperatures continue to be well above normal. By the time we get to Jan 15, 16 or so, we will have put enough days in far enough above normal that it's going to be difficult to see any kind of cold snap bring the entire month back to below normal levels. Cold air is pooling. It's going to come down. I don't think the second half of the month of January is going to be anything like the first. But is it enough to say that the month of January is going to flip to cold all over for the entire month? No way. It's just not going to happen. Ryan Martin, ag meteorologist out of Indiana. Really, if you take a look across the United States, whether it's the Midwest, Eastern Corn Belt, even the South or the West, everybody already sitting in a deficit position when it comes to moisture. Well, what are we expecting out of today's World Ag Supply Demand Report? We're going to talk about all that next with John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. He'll be joining us live in just a moment. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. Managing your business operations is complicated. Our talented treasury management team offers high-tech solutions that simplify, maximize operational efficiency, optimize cash flow, and reduce risk. Together, we'll achieve quantifiable results and transform your business. Stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. Lenders you know. Member FDIC. Equal Opportunity Lender. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade. 
But isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Today, a big day for folks that watch the markets. The World Ag Supply Demand Report is coming out, the first major report of 2021, and it could be major for a whole lot of reasons. Joining us this morning live, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Already, now yesterday, it looked like an awful lot of profit-taking hit both the corn, the beans, even the wheat to a certain extent, John, with lower markets there. Now, in overnight it seems like we're starting to rebuild that momentum. What do you see developing with this World Ag Supply Demand Report? What are you trying to uh, do as far as strategy to prepare? Sure. I mean, we are going to get a ton of numbers today, not just the United States, but also at the same time, we're going to see some adjustments or maybe some movement in terms of the South American crops and where world supplies are. So this is going to be one of those days that's going to have a high amount of volatility, especially with the markets as elevated as they are. Uh, I can give you an excuse. We could be strongly higher or lower just based on the reactions of the day today and how these numbers come out. We could get friendly numbers and they're priced in and the market doesn't think they're friendly enough and we drop or vice versa they they, you know we hit the numbers they expect and they just treat it as a speed bump anticipating things getting even tighter so uh it's gonna be a pretty interesting ride i think overall today biggest thing for producers as we get into the numbers is just you know look at where you are. You got some great value out there. I had a lot of guys asking about making cash sales. And I think you're in a window here where you probably need to move some risk off, at least get something going on the cash market. You can always come back and use some re-ownership strategies around those numbers. You can throw some floors underneath with some put strategies, but with the market as elevated as they're a little bit costly at this time frame, but never hurts to have some form of defense in. So again, just look at your individual situation and what fits for you. And if you think you're at a stage you need to move a little bit of grain, I would highly recommend it. You know, you can put a pretty good floor under the market here at this window. Yeah, we got double digits up on beans. Is that going to be the commodity a lot are watching, John? Or what's your sense on where the real news nuggets are going to be? Yeah, let's get into that numbers a little bit. Beans obviously be the biggest one. Where is that ending stock number here for the United States going to be? They're thinking about 139 million bushels. Technically, we be, need about 140 million bushels to kind of just be fill, have some in the pipeline, which means you know beans on trains, beans on a barge, moving around, sitting in storage, waiting to get processed. So, but the U.S. producers sold as heavily as we are. We're thinking around 90 to 95 percent sold on beans. You know that's going to give a lot of volatility as the end users may be looking for supplies. So if these numbers come in friendly today and tighten up that supply picture even more so, you know, we're looking at possibly back to 2013-14 levels. Uh, And obviously we saw what prices did in that side of the equation. Then on top of that, too, let's take a look at those world numbers. Uh, If those numbers are realized in terms of total supplies, this could be at a five-year low, even with the record crop coming from Brazil. So the bean market's going to be active. And as we've seen the last three days now, we've had export sales announcements in beans. So even at 1360-13, 1370, we're not rationing supplies here. So if those numbers come in tight, the bean market could have a lot of a lot of pop in it again today as we possibly look back to those 1314 price levels. And am I correct? We are starting to actually ship. It's not just a promise. We are actually starting to move beans. Is that correct? 
Bean export shipments have been very, very strong, running at a record pace for the first quarter uh, of the marketing year. So, yes, those beans are moving. And the fact that we're still seeing Chinese interest the last couple of days here for beans into February, that shows us there is some concerns regarding South America. They are late on their planting. So even if they do still have the record crop, they might not have the beans that they need at the first of the month for February. Uh, and that's when we're seeing some of these shipments line up. And then you just continue to look at those domestic prices for both corn and beans in China. Soybean meals at record price level. Corn continues to climb higher. So even at these price levels, they can bring U.S. product in and still make it a profitable move. Now, the other element of the World Ag Supply Demand Report that somewhat overshadowed is dairy. We will get some projections as far as milk production is concerned. Normally, that's not much of a newsmaker either. But I saw butter drop seven cents yesterday, John. Is it the government program situation or is it something else? I would say that's probably some of the situation that's going on here. We got that announcement of the extension of the Farmers to Family Food Box program, another $1.5 billion. We really haven't seen any particulars in terms of when they're in the market at this stage. And markets uh, in terms of cheese and butter all popped on the possibility of the involvement. And But realistically, at this window, you look at milk supplies are plentiful. Production has been on, on the increase. Uh, so things are kind of building up a little bit in the butter side, especially since we got through the end of the year and the holiday window and food service sales aren't there because of the COVID restrictions. So it felt like a little bit of a drop just because of excess supply. And we're still kind of waiting to see when the government's going to really step in and uh, start picking up these products for the food box program again. John Heinberg, along with us, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. I remind you that that's their website as well, totalfarmmarketing.com, and uh, you'll find the toll-free number there and get a hold of John. Now, the reason I bring that up, John, is to your point, You better have your strategy in place for when that report is immediately released and probably the 10, 15 minutes after it's released, because that's usually when we get the biggest bang. Uh, What kinds of strategies can you help them with this morning? Well, again, you know, talk about where your individual situation is and, you know, let's look at what we can protect if there is some value that we can put underneath this market. Again, we could see volatile swings in terms of both these grains. A little bit concerned maybe the corn market might be a little bit towards the top here. And if beans don't throw in the next gear, corn could be vulnerable here if the supply numbers come in where they expect them because they're going to still be fairly comfortable. So with that, again, analyze, are we looking at cash sales? And then I'm doing reownership strategies over top of both corn and beans to just make sure we're staying in this market in case we get another leg. And if, if we're already sold to a level we're comfortable, then we definitely want to make sure we're looking at some put strategies. Just make sure we got some type of safety valve underneath this thing in case we see the unexpected. Typically with a report like this today, you let the market do its thing today and then sit back, analyze it, and then you really start attacking it uh, for the next few months. It could get crazy, though, with all the computer trading that's going to be going on with this. It, it, could, be, it could be hard to follow all the the numbers movement. It will be, and and I'm expecting to see things really move around pretty aggressively today, especially with the amount of volatility that's in the market and as elevated as prices are and the amount of length that's out there in terms of the managed money positions. We could see a lot of correcting in terms of uh, if the numbers aren't where we want them to be or even if they are where they want them to be. So it might be a day we just sit back, let the thing really kind of trade around, protect the value that's in front of you right now, again, either through cash sales or option strategies, uh, and then just let things shake out, and then from there we can start building 
building an attack for the first part of 21. Excellent. Rocking and rolling. That's what he's all about. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. He's there to help you if you're still kind of floundering as far as a game plan for 2021. You got to act quick, though, because that report is going to be issued 11 a.m. Central Time today. This is the Midwest Farm.